Hello and welcome to the last mixtape podcast. And today I'm starting the show, me, Sarah, and I'm here with Stephen, as every Hello. week. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good. <laughs> Lately I've been listening to, I was thinking, because it's been stuck in my head all day, and there's this band called, have you ever heard of them called Beatenberg? Beatenberg? Yeah. I actually they're haven't. F- they're from South Africa. I've only been no. introduced to them recently. Like, the song is called Ithaca, mm. and they've got, like, uh, Cahill McKenna, who's a bass player in Dublin, uh, introduced me to him, and they're like, I think they released an album in 2016, so they're still going, but I think they're imminently going to record something else or something, but it's kind of a vampire weekend oh, nice. vibe to it, really kind of lush harmonies, and it's one of those bands where, I like, I listen to it and go, oh yeah, I really like that, and then I was like, I must go back and listen to Vampire Weekend, because I really liked Vampire Weekend when they were, when they were going, I, don't, I think they just announced a new album? Oh. Called Is Done. Mm. I don't know. I haven't really. I don't think I was ever super into them. Maybe yeah. there was one or two songs I would have listened to, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've listened to them in forever. Yeah, they so kind I of don't really, yeah. faded a little, didn't they? I mean, they had mm. that song Cape Cod, Quasa Quasa, uh, which had the nod to Peter Gabriel in it, and which was a really cool song. And I, I, I just liked the, kind of the vibe of them. I, they did remind me of Peter Gabriel, who I was big into when I was younger. I always mm-hmm. liked the way Peter Gable kind of brought world music into pop music. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was quite interesting. And still does. I think he's, he's a very interesting character in the way what he does with WOMAD Festival and what he does in these studios. I remember meeting somebody who'd worked with him and like he records crazy instruments from all over the world that people have never heard of. Like literally stuff where the engineers are like, we don't know where to mind. <laughs> we don't know where the sound is coming from. Mm. But really cool stuff. Like So yeah, it's kind of... A weird, weird tangent into that, but Beatenberg, yeah, I'm go, I'm, I'll put it at the start and the end of the show. I should really start saying what songs I'm putting <laughs> at the start and the end of the show. Uh, so this week it'll be Beatenberg, um, Ithaca. But uh, what have you been listening to recently? Um, well, I feel like it's almost the same as always. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been listening to like my podcasts mostly on the commutes. And, um, what podcasts are you listening to? Uh, my dad wrote a porno. Finally gone around to that one. I've heard of this. Is this as good as people say or as cringy as people say? It's actually hilarious and I find it really difficult not to like laugh out loud in public, which is really, really embarrassing. Yeah. Also, there's always like the danger that, you know, your earphones could get disconnected and you'll have them saying stuff that shouldn't be said on the morning bus. (laughs) Anyway, like it's it's really, really funny um, because, yeah, just I feel like, you know, going through all my podcasts, I've finished Serial, I've finished Slow Burn, which is all about... um, Bill Clinton affair. Yeah. So yeah, I've been really into like podcasts recently. But then, so yeah, music, I don't think I've been exploring anything too new. Yeah. But uh, music-wise, I've been just listening to the Growlers quite a lot. Mm. And that kind of Growlers, Ariel Pink. Yeah. Um, that kind of uh, stuff. And their album, I think it was their second album, Hot mm. Tropics. I think it was like 2009 it came out. Cool. Yeah, that one was kind of my favorite. That yeah. uh, California Beach Goth. Yeah, Beach California Beach. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's, that's the genre. Are, um, are you excited about the news about The Cure coming next? summer Malahide Castle yes yes yes. are you gonna go I really really want to yeah I really want to um yeah it's very exciting that they're coming it's cool isn't it and also it's like I found out it's their 40th anniversary gig is it 40 years wow jeez 40 Robert Smith's then in his 60s yeah yeah wow you just don't think of them as being an old band but that's an old band I suppose they're going from the early 80s weren't they they were they were knocking about yeah, possibly start, well, 78, if it's yeah. 40 years. I suppose they're the same age as David Byrne and all them. Yeah. yeah, they are. I'd say so. Wow. Jesus, you've, you've kind of blown my socks off with that. <laughs> but that makes sense. I mean, that means yeah. disintegration and all that. They're like 30-year-old albums. Yeah. Can you, like, believe that? 
They sound so fresh. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, I mean, if you were to listen to anything from them, like Close to Me, Lullaby and all that, it sounds really Like it hasn't dated. No. Do you remember when Blink-182 tried to be the cure for a while? Do you remember that? Do I remember that? I'm not sure if there I remember that. There was an album that. where Blink-182 tried to make a cure album. Oh, God. Very good. Uh, it always reminds me of that. But that's cool. I but mean... These, all those songs have actually aged. So anything mm. I feel like from the early 2000s has aged really badly oh. and you just relate back to thinking, that's early 2000s. That oh, era. God. Like, was I mean, the worst for everything. Where everybody thought that it was a good idea that Limp Bizkit be given record deals. Oh, God. <laughs> just looking back on it now, it, he's Limp Bizkit were awful. Um, and yeah. Papa Roach, who I also always remember for doing a god-awful cover of Gouge Away by the Pixies. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't remember They did, that. it was a terrible... I love the Pixies, which means there's a bit of um, bias there on my part, but still in all, like, it's pretty, you know... I should have, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> mm. that, that year. But yeah, Jesus, The Cure. I mean, fair play. I mean, Robert Smith's an interesting character. He put on some sort of festival in London, didn't he? He curated a festival. Did he? Yeah, and he put on like a load of interesting bands. I think Hilary Woods from Ireland uh, played. Uh, Hilary used to be in uh, JJ72 and stuff like that. It was overplaying and stuff, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to go see them in Malahide mm. Castle. I think that'd be a pretty chill yeah. Just see all the goths in the sunset. <laughs> no, all the goths in Malahide. That'd be cool. That'd be a hell of That's a train ride. Yeah. Actually, that was a sim- I had that similar experience where when I was 16, my dad and I went to see Sisters of Mercy. Mm. And it was just a bunch of very old goths just waiting That's to cool. go in and yeah. <laughs> hear the band. And I was I was definitely the youngest there. Is your dad um, an old goth? Uh, I don't know if he wants secretly. to like ad- ad- like admit it. Yeah, secretly. Yeah. Secretly. <laughs> secretly, yes. Um, but yeah, I remember going to see that and mm. it was crazy to see like people in their like 40s and yeah, 50s in all, all dressed black up. and stuff like that. Amazing. Um, but yeah, actually, I I do remember last time the Cure played here mm. and I think it was at one of the festivals. Mm. I don't know if it was Electric Picnic or Oxygen. I think it was, but it was Picnic. One was of the yeah. two. Yeah. And I remember and I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. I can't go. I'm too yeah. young to go because I think I was only in like second year of secondary school or yeah. first year of secondary yeah. school, like somewhere there. Yeah. And I didn't, I couldn't go. They're I was too young to go. The ultimate cool band, I think, weren't they? Yeah. For a while. They're, I, I mean, love them. They're interesting as well because if you listen to their, their early stuff in comparison to when they went poppy and, you know, yeah. they had like Love Cats and stuff like that. Love Cats, which probably from like people gets a bit of stick or whatever. I thought, you know, it still has a little edge to it. Mm. There's a bit, he's a very like... I was thinking about this only because I went to Echo and the Bunnymen the last, ni- last night uh, and I was just thinking about Ian McCulloch looking at him and like there was a point where he was because my ma was Echo and the mm-hmm. big into that kind of stuff and he, he was a pop star he was on like Top of the Pops and stuff like that and you're looking at him and you look at Robert Smith as well or Susie Sue you know Susan mm-hmm. the Banshees and you're like these people at one point were pop stars and they're all friends yeah, and they all <laughs> have this look. He's like, you don't look what a like what a pop star should you know? Yeah, in my head, looks like, look no, like there's no cookie cutter way of saying what a pop star should look like. If you look at like Post Malone, he looks differently from you know one of the guys from I don't know, One Direction or something. Yeah, that was quite different. But in the same way, this kind of goth person is you wouldn't exactly associate with number one hit. <laughs> you know, like on MTV. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, very. Um, but I'll definitely try get out to Malahide. I was not at any of the Malahide gigs last summer, even though LCD Sound System were playing, and I love LCD Sound System. But it was either LCD Sound System or Nick Cave was my choice last summer, and I went mm. with Nick because he's Nick. Shut up, phone. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely will try make There's my way Nick out to Malahide. There is Nick Cave as your uh, screensaver. There he is. When I took that photo, I was so fucking nervous because I've never been nervous That's taking. Very close. Yeah, he was crazy close, and he's just. Like, it's one of those people, I, I didn't meet him or anything like that, but I'm sure he's, like, one of those people who is just, his presence is very 
holy fuck, you're in a cave. Yeah. Interesting thing about him is he treats writing music like a job. He's an office he goes to. Oh. He works nine to five. Wow. Comes in a, a pinstripe suit, sits down at a <laughs> desk, writes songs, or films or scripts, doesn't he do yeah. scripts and films? Well, but that's it, actually yeah. a good way to get yourself to work. Yeah. You know, if you are like, these are my hours where I'm going to sit down and something has to come out and I'm going to leave at the end of the day yeah. and I'll worry about it later. I think that's actually really good to mm. like have that working hours. Yeah. Relaxing hours. Yeah. So maybe that's so. actually a really good thing for... Uh, yeah. Even if any musicians are listening to us now, yeah. like have dedicate the hours that you have to like produce something, and then don't yeah. do any work when you, you do. Don't yeah, have hours. it's because I think uh, I was I was watching this. I I come obsessed with these little um, theories on like YouTube where people like do biographies of things and stuff like that. And people, it was this biography of Ernest Hemingway, and apparently he would get up in the morning right till twelve o'clock incessantly and then he could go off and do crazy shit like he whatever he did at those times punch a, <laughs> a matador or something mm. you know whatever crazy yeah. shit he did but he would treat it like a job until 12 o'clock and then he'd go off and live his life at the end of it so it would be interesting to talk to people who are musicians or artists yeah. and go what's your yeah, what's your do you do office hours like yeah. do you try try keep it in that because obviously there's no timing on inspiration yeah but well, sure, you can have a notebook and if inspiration hits you, write it down yeah. by all means. But like, don't yeah. expect inspiration to hit you and you're going to sit down at yeah. like, you know, 12 a.m. at night and mm. you're going to write the whole song and it's just going to com- come out because yeah. that's not how it happens. Huh. I don't think that's how any creative work happens. And no. loads of people have this misconception yeah. how you're supposed to be creative. Yeah. I don't think a single writer has ever been like, Yes, that's the book. That's it. I'm yeah. going to go sit down. I'm going to close myself off yeah. for the next like month and I'm going to finish this at yeah. once because inspiration hit me and I'm going to write it. Yeah. I'd say most writers treat it like a job. Yeah. Nine to five. I'm going to sit down. I have to write these mm. bits. You can edit them later, sure. Like it's That's it, yeah. Fine, but if you treat it like a job, you actually yeah. become more creative treating it like a job than you do oh, yeah. treating it with hoping inspiration hits you. Yeah. I see this for myself personally. Mm. I feel like a lot more creative when I'm in a nine to five job environment. Situ- environment yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it's it's a lot. Yeah. It actually forces you to be creative. It mm. forces all these things out of you. Yeah. Because if you're out partying, drinking, watching television, just mm. relaxing or lounging around the house all day, mm. nothing is going to come to you because you're not doing anything. Your mind's not engaged in yeah. any way. So the more you have your mind engaged in stuff, I think the more creative you become. And it's a huge misconception mm. to think that creativity comes and hits you because yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. You actually work to be creative. Yeah. Which is funny to say because people just think, oh, if you're a creative person, you were born creative. Yeah. That's... Also very false. Yeah. You become creative by exposing yourself mm. to other art and literature and music and mm. everything around you. And then also sitting down and actually doing work. Yeah. That's the thing. Like all those musicians that people look up and they go, oh, you know, they recorded this and, you know, Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground recorded their first album in like a day. And you're just like, but like. But they worked their fucking ass yeah, off, Yeah, before I'm sure. that. Yeah. Lou Reed like didn't just appear with a guitar and know how to play it. Like he learned how to write and record and. There's so much more going on behind the yeah. Velvet Underground than what seems quite spontaneous and stuff like that. And you can write as well about writing. I'm currently writing a book myself and one of the best pieces of advice I got about it was write a page every day. It doesn't have to be good. Yeah. Just write yeah. a page every day. And then that made me do it because a lot of the time I would have been waiting around going, I don't know what to do with this story. I don't know where it's going. And I wouldn't write unless I knew where it was going. And actually yeah. the act of writing 
made me feel like okay that wasn't a great passage I'd read over it like maybe a couple of days later and go I, I didn't like that but I took this bit out of it and used it mm. so you're right yeah, yeah you need to you need to flex that muscle yeah. and you need to you know mm. like almost going to the gym or something yeah it's honestly it's a huge misconception when people are like well that's not creativity that's not being creative if you have a nine to five re- like mm. regime type of thing mm. that's the opposite of being creative mm. actually no it's not yeah it's, that is being creative sitting yeah. down doing the work that makes you be creative you yeah. have to force yourself and push yourself to do it yeah and it's a huge misconception to think that you're just creative and you mm. know this stroke of genius will just hit you mm. and you'll know exactly what to do that's yeah. false that happens and yeah. when it happens fantastic yeah but every single writer i know has a bunch of work mm. that's just crap they've written yeah but they've got to where they did because they did all of that yeah so yeah it's that's, like even that's like, advice for creatives. Yeah. <laughs> like even if you look at like Francis Bacon or something like that, you know, like a lot of his paintings were paintings upon paintings. Like he'd already started one, didn't like it, and yeah. you know, did another one yeah. or, or whatever. So yeah, it's a very interesting topic, you know, um, when and how to be creative. And I think you're right. Yeah, it does a lot more to it than spontaneity. Obviously, you can have spontaneous moments, but... Yeah, and sure, do it yeah. when it hits you, but also work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to happen for probably yeah. years and you're wasting your time. You're going to wait around. And I, I, I say, I'd say a lot of people know people in their lives who are incredibly talented at something, but maybe don't do that. And yeah. you're always kind of waiting on them to do something great, and, you know, and yeah. and they don't maybe kind of achieve that. I've, I've seen that with a couple of musicians where like, Oh, that person's so talented and then you're going when's the single coming out and it, you know and it just doesn't appear you know yeah and that's that can be you know t- it's it's actually and it's true what they say that it's you know 10 percent talent 90 percent yeah. work every single person i know who's had any sort of success and whose talent has gone on mm. is a person who put in the work mm. like it's 90 percent work 10 percent talent and like mm. you always hear that but you don't mm. You don't. You can't really grasp it until like you're in that position until you start putting in the work, and yeah. then you l- realize that that actually mm. is the case. So people can keep ranting on about these things, but sometimes I understand that sometimes it's like hard to take mm. like, all of this in. It, it was really hard for me as well during college. Like I mean, I came into college being mm. top of class, and then kind of went. college was just. Mm. I thought that I'm talented, and mm. school was easy because mm. you just have to be talented at something to yeah. pass through school. And I went to college and everyone else was talented in college. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, oh, yeah, my talent will carry me through. Mm. No, it won't. That's false. You mm. need to put in the work. The minute I started putting in work was when my talent actually. Yeah. Talent helps. Yeah. You need to put in the work. Yeah. And that's when you start getting actual real, resu- real results. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to. Yeah. At all. Whatsoever. And I know this from personal experience because, mm. you know, going in thinking, yeah, I just, mm. that's all I need. Yeah. It's not. And you don't need to be even particularly super, super talented at something to yeah. be amazing and achieve lows. Yeah. It's people who put in the work. Mm. So it, not being as talented as someone next to you, yeah. you don't, don't even think about that. Put in the work mm. and, you know, you can go much further. I think so. And I mean, like a lot of the, like, I'd include you the, you and this, like people who I know who are quite talented and creative aren't just talented and creative in one area you know you obviously can work you know how technology works like and you can do like coding and things like that mm. that's a lot of people I who i know the piano and the guitar yeah exactly you know what i mean so you, you you know like more than one thing and a lot of the people who i know are creative um they're like sponges you know they 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 you find that it's not just music it's not just their passion they're also quite good at this and they're also interested in that or you you find that sometimes people like that are constantly learning. Like if you look at like David Bowie as an extreme example, like he learned how to be a mime at one point. You know, mm. he learned how to dance. Kate Bush is a great example. She herself learned how you know interpretive dance as well. It wasn't just music. It was also something else always going on. You know, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's probably, probably just being open to things and being willing to learn new things. Yeah. I think, you know, just having an interest and a passion in something. Mm. The minute you have, if you're passionate about something, you'll probably do well in it because you put your time and effort into yeah. it. Not because you're talented mm. at what you're doing, but because you're passionate about it. Yeah. So I think passion is really key. Mm. Passion and then working to mm. achieve what you kind of want to achieve in that area. Yeah. It's like, it's certainly like where in in my own job, when you meet people who are quite open to that and and quite creative, it, it's a buzz to talk to them about stuff because mm. they're getting it or they're not getting it. Like one of the best things is when somebody uh, disagrees with you on a piece of art or something like that because you can both come at it from different angles and go, oh, I think this, well, I think that. And if it's a good, like if, if everyone's point is, is well made or backed up by something, you know, creative things can come from that. Like, you know, I think this, but I think that. And you, it's, it is, it's one of those things. And you're right, you know what I mean? You do need to keep flexing that muscle and you might write like I know as I said like from writing myself I might write five pages of absolute crap but if you can get like one sentence that you actually think means yeah. something then yeah. you've done it you know what I mean and then you can pull from that sentence and then something grows from yeah. that sentence but you can discard the other stuff you worked on exactly. but it means that you've actually done a lot more than sitting around and waiting for that one sentence yeah because that could have taken you like three weeks whereas yes. maybe you wrote all of that in a day and you yeah. got that sentence in that one day yeah so yeah work it's not it's not being creative it's not being talented mm. it's just being passionate about something and working yeah and working towards your end goal mm. so yeah forget talent forget creativity mm. just just work put in the work yeah and i think that's the thing like sometimes you might look at people and go oh that person they're naturally gifted or, or whatever but sometimes yeah it, mm. it, there's a lot more going on yeah. behind the scenes no, no there is know? there is mostly learning it's so important to expose yourself to yeah. stuff to expose yourself to new music literature art mm. like the more you take in from that the more creative you also get yeah. so it's not putting in the work isn't just doing it's also learning yeah. and just being immersed in whatever you're doing yeah. and I think that's that's way more important than yeah. any talent or creativity because everything else comes after yeah. you put in the work and the learning yeah it's so true I think, yeah that's why you're saying any creative yeah. person, any creative person who's passionate about something, yeah. they're good at loads of things. They're yeah. probably good at loads of things just because they're passionate about them and mm. because they've immersed themselves in that and learned about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I was having it's... my photo taken by um, photographer Roisin Murphy, Roisin Murphy O'Sullivan, uh, last weekend, the weekend before maybe. And um, we're both people who learned photography not through college, but through our own means. And we're both talking about, like, she, she actually quite perfectly put it that she's one of these people that once she grabs onto something, needs to find out everything about it. And I thought that was a very good example of how I felt when I started just taking photos. I just, like, people would often ask me, oh, how do you take a photo like that? And it's like, hard to explain. You kind of just do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Or you, you go on YouTube and you find out all the technical stuff. But after that, it's really up to you and your eye and stuff like that. Yeah. And just talking to, I remember talking to Roisin, who is, again, a very creative person. Like, one of the things she used as the backdrop for the photos was this board she'd made and she'd ripped out all of these tapes and, thing going on and it's like this is cool you know but like again it was just somebody who found something that they loved found something that kind of brought out a creative streak in them and wanted to know everything about it yeah quite infectious that's a good that's a good little topic we went on there yes. I like that that was interesting that was great that, that was, was completely cool. like improvised out of nowhere yeah exactly yeah non-scripted podcasting uh, yeah, but let's <laughs> get into the, yeah <laughs> let's get into the talky bit of yeah. the the albums so what are we going to review first so we're doing um, Shape of Silence by Saint Sister mm. first. Yeah, so the debut album from these guys, much anticipated, much long awaited. Um, a lot of, I suppose I, I don't ever want to get on the kind of thing I, I've been kind of, you know, talking about hype for quite a while and my feel, my mixed feelings about the positive and negative effects and hype. Obviously, I said things about the new Hoser record where I, I brought out the more negative 
what I feel the negative side mm. of, of what I think of hype can bring. But with these guys, do you know what? Um, there's a lot to be said about just enjoying an album. There's a, there's a, th- now this may be taken completely wrong and I'll try, try explain myself after this. But I will say like, there's a scene in uh, High Fidelity and I think um, it might be Anthony and the Johnsons or it might be the beta band that are playing in the shop in the background and Jack Black's character comes in all big and noisy and kind of goes, what is this shit we're listening to? And John Cusack says, I just want to put on something I can ignore. <laughs> you know, something I can put on in the background, you know what I mean? And I just thought this album, it just flows like an album. It almost flows like a, a film. It, it just, there's a world it creates and there's, it exists in this almost, I don't know if anyone else does, and you maybe can tell me if you do this with music, but I always associate music with landscapes and places. And mm. if, I, if I hear music in my head, I see a landscape. And it mightn't exactly exist, but it's a landscape in my head. Okay, do you, do you get that? Do you? Not oh. so much. <laughs> no, For me, no. it's like, we're like, depends on what the music is, but mostly like just memories, like certain songs would yeah. talk certain memories. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe actually with the Growlers, I'm always like, oh, I'm in uh, California or yeah. somewhere in like Mexico. Yeah. Uh, where I'd love to be. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, with yeah, this record, I don't know yeah. If I, actually, I'll try and see if I do that. With, I, with I, a record. I don't know. Mostly, you know, if it's a really like, rock and roll type song. Mm. It's really cool. It's yeah. a strong female lead. I'll, you know, I'll, in my head, I'll think I'm on stage. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Oh, we all do that. Do yeah. We? Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, oh, yeah. The amount of times I thought of Nick, I was Nick Cave. <laughs> it was great. But with this, yeah. I, I kind of envisioned a kind of like a West of Ireland kind of misty landscape, like oh, early totally morning totally. type thing. And as somebody who grew up in, in the countryside in Waterford, uh, that kind of seven o'clock in the morning mist is what I see. So, very, I don't want, you know, when I wrote the review of this, I set myself a task of not using the word ethereal. I said I wouldn't use it um, because it gets used so much in, in reference to bands like this. And I think, you know, songs like Tin Man, they just have a mystery to them. Like, there's bits of the, the, the album that the lyrics that I think I, I, I touched on is feel very abstract, not in certain, like, they don't feel like they're, like, it's watching like a film that isn't played uh, narratively linear. It seems like there's conversations happening here and there, and it's like you mm. know, like they say, like you know, memory is is some is a distant country. You know, the past is a different, a distant country, and like uh, or a foreign country. Sorry, and uh, it, it kind of feels like that, like the way your memory plays tricks in you, and like how you remember a conversation, or how you remember a relationship with somebody, or how you remember a moment in your life is always obscured by the haze of distance and perspective and I mm. feel like this album is a lot about that there's a lot of obscure things happening in the music in the production I think it's a beautiful album I really I really enjoyed it um, because of that I think because it, it, I felt it kind of like tra- transported of you know causing trouble and, and stuff like that what did you what did you think of it oh it's funny I have notes here and I was like the words you were saying match some of the words that I've oh written oh my down. god because <laughs> I wrote notes Jeez. about it this time so I don't like forget and every single podcast I yeah. forget these things and I'm like yeah yeah that was nice that was lovely <laughs> I enjoyed that that was pretty <laughs> so I actually did write notes for this so I cool. do remember everything and I comment on it properly because cool. I felt recently I haven't been so <laughs> I was like that's not good so yeah, I feel the first thing I wrote down was very Irish album, which mm. again is that kind of West of Ireland. Very Irish. I don't know. Mm. Something about certain types of music is just very distinct Ireland. Yes. Like yeah. cozier. Like, yeah. Gloaming. Like, or, yeah. 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 So yeah, definitely very Irish album. And I also mm. wrote that it's very easy listening mm. and it's chill and it's nice when you just have to shut down for a while. Yeah. Again, that all matches what you were saying earlier about mm. the... Um, oh, it's something I can ignore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Now, I mean, it's very beautiful. Like, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's great for like playing in your office or yeah. your studio. Like, yeah. Really chill music that mm. you can really like work to. Yeah. Um, you don't have to work too hard to mm. listen to it. I feel like there's certain music you just have to work really hard to listen to. Yeah. The content of it, like the lyrics yeah. or like the music itself. Yeah. But this is very like easy listening. Yeah. Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably why you can call it quite cinematic because when you're watching a movie, obviously you hear the music and you can pay attention to it, but it's it's not supposed to take you out of the movie. And I don't think there's any moment in the, in the record where you're taken out of the record. Yeah. There's something like very like Irish lullabies about it as mm. well. Mm. That's just what I was getting from mm. it. And uh, yeah, again, this is the thing I mentioned to you before, which is Enya. Yes. It's like Enya, like all mm. over this album. Yeah. It's very Enya. Yeah. Like that similar recording technique where mm. she like layers the vocals mm. over and over and over. Mm. And especially the uh, as in places, especially yeah. Tin Man, there's, one that's very like reminds mm. me of bits of Caribbean Blue. Yeah, it, wow. there was like a lot of that I got from it, like yeah. so much, especially yeah. with the layered vocals. And also, Tear Ella was very like Irish that's, and very Enya. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was actually so. a song that stuck out. Yeah, that's an incredible track. Yeah, yeah. but uh, actually, this album got me to go back and listen to Enya. Yeah, which is amazing. I love her so much. I just forget how amazing she Enya's is. Enya's a great artist. I um, think she really yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, has. she's done some some great work. No, she really yeah. has, and everyone's like kind of shits all over her sometimes mm. I feel and it's like ugh, you're listening to Enya like what yeah. we shit all over our own so yeah. much and I really hate it in the next few years I'm yeah. sure we'll do the same about Hosier like, yeah. yeah I'm like why Why do we do that why do we do that it's interesting I think some people can become uh, prisoners of their own character and I suppose Enya in a way like she became a parody do you know what I mean she made it very easy yeah. to parody like living in a castle in Dawkey and, and like this otherworldly funnily enough my dad actually worked in engineering of her personal studio wow really <laughs> yeah yeah just as an engineer I don't think he actually met her but uh, he did work on like putting her studio together oh, wow. in her castle anyway that's deadly your father lived a life man He's uh, no, well no that was just with his job I don't yeah. think he actually ever met her but uh, um, yeah that's a fun fact because I mentioned it to him recently and he actually loves Enya as well yeah he actually always has really liked Enya years and years ago you know but, oh yeah um, I mean, I, like Sinead O'Connor and loads of Irish artists. You think, you, like, that's a good point, you know, kind of, because I was going to say, like, I, I love, I like Enya. I actually always loved um, Clannet, which is Enya's sister, and um, um, which had the song Harry's Theme. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I actually have. Beautiful piece yeah. of music. I, I think it is the only piece of music to either be number one in Britain, in the UK, or be on top of the pops. I can't remember which one it was, that is not in English. Oh. Because it's in Irish. And I always mm. thought it was in English. Anytime I listen to it, because it's all this, oh, no, and I always thought, like, it's something the dawn of the day. That's what I thought it meant, but actually, it's it's in Irish. And I, I, I have to admit, I don't know a word of Irish and terrible. Mm. Um, I really should. Uh, but Clannad, and they sang the song as well with Bono, which is an incredible piece of music, um, once in a lifetime. But what you, when you said Sinead O'Connor, it made me think of there was this golden age in Ireland, Irish music where Enya. Clannad and you two to an extent with Bono and stuff like that but there was a very Irishness about it a very you know ethereal <laughs> if I can use that word but but like again we're still getting that Irishness in the music that's made today there's a lot more variety but yeah. we're still getting a lot of Irishness yeah. in the music that we create I mean I think this is a, I think it's a, like again something I want to touch on as well about this being a debut album and as somebody who's maybe a little bit world weary when it comes to seeing bands like sometimes you see people and they have very good songs or whatever, you know, it's the acoustic duo or person with an acoustic guitar or something like that. And, you know, we're so far into music now and the history of music where it, it isn't really enough, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I was talking to you about David Keenan before. Um, 
like there's something about David is a is a guy who plays an acoustic guitar and he like he is a singer songwriter and all this. But if you see him perform, it's it's he he has this persona and he has this thing about his music that's almost kind of a feels like a kind of a, a very strange Middle Ireland preacher. Like, you know, he's telling people to come brothers and sisters and gather round and all this kind of stuff. And he has a very Irish accent when he mm-hmm. does it. And I think with, with, with Saint Sister, like they, they took what could be just singer-songwritery songs and expanded them, like you're saying, with the vocal harmonies and made it into yeah. something a lot bigger and, and broader and nicer. You have to, like as an artist, you have to find your path. You have to find your sound. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be something like that. You know, I, I think one of the things everyone's talking about right now is if you look at like the murder capital and the Fontaines and you're looking at them in relation to like idols and shame and all that coming out of Britain, mm. what is differentiating them all? And if you listen to idols, I sent you on the, the performance they did at, at Jules Holland and so Although they're, they're mining the same territory in music, they all have a very individual voice. So I think it's cool. So w- what do you think of this in terms of like, if we were getting very close to the end of the year and like album of the year... Like, are you thinking Saint Sister is in that uh, territory, or do you have a few in your head? Or you not for me personally. Uh, that's the thing. I don't like. It's really lovely to like listen to, but mm. again, I don't think this is something I'd personally be listening to regularly. Yeah. And I mentioned this to you before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Mm. It's not exactly my to my taste to be number one of the year. Yeah. So that's just my opinion. Though. Cool. And also, I think the last thing I'm just gonna about the album is I just I wish there were less songs but that the each individual song was longer okay yeah that's okay just, that's my personal preference with like loads of albums is yeah that I want less songs but I want each individual song to be much longer the songs were quite short they were mm. all around two minutes or so but there was yeah. loads of them yeah so I think I don't know personally for me I really like less songs longer songs yeah you think it would be more cohesive yeah I think so yeah definitely, definitely. yeah I think it well quite, quite a few in there well, it's a thumbs up for me. Is it a thumbs up for me? It's a thumbs up for me. Yeah, it is. There's just like a small little few things I'm not a huge fan of. But mm. overall, I think it's a really, really beautiful album. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Thumbs up. Let's move on to the next one. The next one, which is uh, We Cut Corners and Imposters. Cool. This is the fourth studio album from We Cut Corners and the follow-up to Cadence of Others. I think like I, I want to talk a little bit about... What I found very interesting about this record is that it, it feels like Weaker Corners bringing everything together from their previous albums. The Cadence of Others was a, an album that was really recorded in a church in Drumcondra. And because of that, I don't want to get into the, the nerdy frequency um, thing about recording in a church, but one of the things about recording in a church is you can't actually be that loud or quick because of the reverberations in the room. So they had to kind of create an album that was a bit more spacious, a little bit more quiet, you know, that kind of record. And it w- I thought it was a good record, but I think maybe it didn't hit with people as not enough because it, it, it lacked the kind of uh, harder edge of their earlier records. I think this finds a really good balance in Posters. I think it's quite, again, I think it's quite an abstract album, uh, lyrically and, and vocally. There's bits of it that, that, that feel like, I mean, the contrast between the vocal and the hard guitars and songs like Elk and stuff like that are maniacally laughing two songs that appear in the record. It's always something that drew me towards them. You know, there's always a light and dark with their music, but there's always this kind of bristly undertone. And I think this record is far more thematic, far more held together and far more mature than any record as well. And I felt that they... And I don't want to speak for them, but I felt like after Cadence of Others, they felt a need to um, prove something. 
our need to be more immediate, our need to make an impact. And I think they really did it. I, I enjoyed the record. Uh, like, I enjoyed a lot of moments in record. There are, like, going back in it in my head, go, oh, it's quite, you know. But there's some hard moments in it. There's some, like, really hard rock indie moments in it. You know, it's not a soft album by any means. It's it's quite jagged, if that's the kind of thing. If I can make that kind of comparison. I think the, the, the cover art is, is almost... Do you and making hands. Yeah, and doing hands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the cover art is quite um, a nice representation. Jagged. Yeah, as well. What did you think? Well, okay, so... The, when I finished listening to the album, like I took some notes for the end and I wrote, so exciting, exciting album. And oh, cool. I'm actually quite exciting. Yeah. And this is one thing that, again, I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but what I got from it, that it was more of like an album you have to listen song, song, um, and that it was like very kind of novella-like. Yeah. And also I wrote, I really want to see a rock opera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rock opera, so, lads. If you're listening, get on it. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. I just, I that's how it felt. It felt yeah. like a story. It yeah. Felt from and also there was like I told you, and you said you didn't notice. No, I didn't notice this. You blew my mind with this. Yeah, the, the first song, it's like imposters with one eye, and mm. then you have a couple of songs, then imposters with two, and then imposters with three. So like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, or act one, act two, act three. If you're yeah. gonna do a rock opera, yeah, maybe, <laughs> which yeah. I'd love to actually see because it is a little, it's abstract. Yeah. In, the contents of mm. the album yeah so i think we could get a really really cool thing yeah. going there yeah i think we we need this i think ireland needs this yeah anyway um yeah that was really exciting it like at, when it started i was like oh i don't know if this is for me but then mm. i got very very excited as i kept going mm. um so yeah that's what i got from it there was like a novella like like story type like mm. thing almost a rock opera mm. I, at one point i compared it to pink floyd's the wall in a way cool anyway, wow <laughs> good good call yeah yeah yeah, yeah so that that's what I was getting from it personally, yeah. and I thought the lyrics were very beautifully written as well. Mm. I thought it was very poetic. Mm. Um, the whole thing was put together so nicely. Mm. Anyway, I was very excited by this album. Yeah, because I wrote so many nice notes about it. And yeah, <laughs> I go through it. I th- um, I, yeah, it is like I mean, a lot of that is is I think I, I agree with because it is. Yeah. It's a far more thematic album than what they've yeah. done before. And actually, a lot of the songs felt very theatrical in their. Mm delivery yeah like original sin was the first one i really got that from yeah it felt very theatrical and mm. it could almost be like on broadway type thing Al- yeah almost it's it's more indie than that mm. but that's the vibes i was getting yeah and yeah it was there was just like all these big like proclamation kind of moments mm. where it felt very almost actually it i think yeah it was an original sin it almost reminded me of um gaston and beauty and the beast for mm. some reason i don't know why that, mm. that for some reason that's okay. like my mind went to that yeah. I don't know why it went to that yeah. I, it's not that it's similar yeah it's, it's not similar but there was something about it that reminded me of like big yeah. musical songs yeah and I thought if this album is this yeah. kind of novella story concept rock rock, op- yeah. rock opera that makes a lot of sense yeah and yeah I really enjoyed it um yeah, yeah there was quite a few songs that I thought were very uh Broadway-like, story-like. Yeah. And I really like that. So, But also it was, yeah, very indie rock as well. So yeah. that was kind of very um, very interesting. I mm. really liked it. That was such an interesting album. Yeah, it really so, plays with the contrast quite nicely because yeah. in those imposter songs that kind of dot the album, um, they're quite textural. They're mm. quite, you know, background-y, soundscape-y. And I think those m- moments are quite nice because it strips away the indie bits to show you what's happening underneath. Like oh, oh, it's something I try to describe the songs as is having a foreground, middle ground, and background. And yeah. The background of the album is that undertone of shimmery stuff, and then the foreground is very immediate. 
yeah. the guitars. So I, I really liked it. Again, if we're coming to the end of the year, do you think album of the year contender? Possibly, yeah. Really? It's my okay. contender for it anyway. Cool, that's really cool. I, I think it's a lot more exciting than like some of the stuff that's being created now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, possibly. Thumbs up from you then? <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs up from me. What is next? Uh, villagers and the art of pretending to swim. We want to going into a, a, like reviewing a record by Conor O'Brien and Villagers is, has its own tasks because you don't want to be too gushing. Like we all know how good Villagers are and how good Conor is and uh, songwriter. I mean, uh, Darling Arithmetic um, was an album for obviously for many would have caught the. I mean, there were some beautiful moments and and like I don't know how how to frame this. You might be able to put this in better words than I can. But like where an album captures a moment and obviously Darling Arithmetic with, you know, um, Long Hot Summer uh, captured a part of the marriage equality movement. Obviously, Connor was, was, was very at the forefront of that. And, and the, I remember just seeing a video of him performing that in uh, the Olympia Theatre around the time of the voting and stuff like that. and Very emotional stuff. And he's he's this type of person who I think he's able to write personal records that can be universally um what's the word when you feel uh, you feel what they feel i can it's a lot it's gone from uh, empathize with yeah exactly um and i think this this record yeah is that you know there's there's a lot of gentle moments in a record very fragile moments and i think connor you know if you look at trick of light or fool or something like that that appear in the record you, you you see these the fragility of him as a person and i think he has this way of delivering his vocal that hangs on every word. Like syllables are separated from the rest of the words so he can kind of like fall on it. And I think he, when, when you listen to Connor, regardless of the production, Darling was quite small, but Awayland was quite big. And this this album is quite kind of in the middle of those two things. And I think this one has this kind of aura or landscape or area about it that's quite, quite, you know, not barren but it's quite you know you feel like Connor's there when you're listening to the album and he's saying all of that you know and you feel like you know although he's telling something quite personal you can listen to it and go oh I, I take this out of it or I feel this about it you know mm. Trick of the Light is, is I think probably the standout track and obviously why to me why it was the, the lead single because it has that very villagers Connor O'Brien I'm really good at writing songs <laughs> kind of feeling to it and, and the, 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 the you know the um the strings and everything around it and his vocal as a centerpiece. I think he's a hell of a songwriter. I think he, he does the thing that all great songwriters do is turn personal things into kind of global or universal feelings. And um, I, I, just a beautiful, beautiful record. Like, you know, obviously we, we have a lot of very famous people from Ireland who are songwriters, but Conor O'Brien, I think there's something quite special about him when you listen to his music and his albums. I, I, I really like this. Yeah. What did you think of? Uh, of okay, so the first thing I'm going to say is it wins album cover of the year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be right up your um, alley. It really is. Yeah, uh, all that what seems to be Helvetica and then all the nice shapes. And, mm. Um, yeah, for me, I think yeah, this wins um probably album cover of the year. No, cool. Yeah, so that's number one. Yeah, number two, I like that. This is the thing that I didn't enjoy about Saint Sister album, mm. which okay. was many songs but short songs mm. I enjoy that this had less songs but the, all the songs were much longer Yeah, I love that about albums so yeah that's another thing I really enjoyed about it mm. it's also the album that I would actually regularly listen to yeah. all the time Yeah, 
when I'm listening to it myself, when I'm listening mm. to like the personal music I, I enjoy listening to, mm. music I don't have to review kind mm. of thing, you know. So yeah, definitely like an I really really enjoy the album. Mm. Didn't actually have as much time to write in all the no. like detailed notes about it, mm. but also just because I enjoyed it so much, I was just gonna say I genuinely just really really love this album, and mm. yeah, I mean I can just repeat pretty much everything else yeah. you've said about it as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. It's an incredible way, I think, of pulling you in. I think he's one of those yeah. people. There's a line in um, The Great Gatsby um, about one of the characters. I think it's Daisy. And they say, like, she's the type of person who talks softly so people lean into her when she mm. when she speaks. And I think that um, that's, that's kind of true of Connor in a way. He's, he's a person who, who who sings quite softly so you lean into yeah. him. Yeah. Listen to him more and you, you become more engrossed. And then he has a power in his voice that he uses, but it's, it's at specific moments. Everything yeah. kind of feels purposeful. And I think it's a good point that there's not a whole lot of songs on it, but actually the songs that are used, um, they have a purpose. Yeah. And he uses, yeah. he makes great use of the time. So, I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, I, I'll go, I'll turn my own question on myself. I, it's a huge contender for album of the year. There's a few. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but it's I'd a huge this, contender. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't want to like speak too early and be like, this is my album of the year. Just yeah. yet. Because uh, I'm, we've, we've, yeah, we have a way we to go. Still, yeah, we do. We mm. do. But uh, yeah, it was so it was so so great, and mm. I'll be leaving here today listening to it. So. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the, well, that's all you can ask. Sometimes you know you might think an album, one album is better than the other or whatever, but then you go, actually, you know what? I was actually listening to this album far more. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, it's a thumbs up from me. Is it thumbs up from you? Oh, definitely. Cool. That's Good. our three albums this week. Well, and they all get thumbs up. They all get well thumbs done. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I purposely, obviously, regular readers like me. I purposely did not include Code Line in this. Um, I didn't want to waste anybody's time look yeah uh, <laughs> in, that, in that sense um, yeah you know what i yeah i agree i yeah. don't know if i'd have anything good to say but no anyway that's I, just I, personal preference that's personal preference and stuff like that and yeah. I, I obviously when i wrote the review it got the reaction it did and uh, of the code line record and i, I just I, I do want to kind of preface it by saying it is important to kind of talk about things about what's being played on the radio and why yes and yes. get into the into the almost get into the weeds a little bit of like well you know why is this not yeah. being played when it's actually yeah. really really good exactly we're, we're yeah. in a very interesting moment in time with music you know we all listen to spotify um we there's a generation coming up that know not, not nothing else than streamable free music um, well, I mean, it's a tenner a month. Yeah, it's yeah. A tenor, yeah, exactly. But yeah, in, in, a, lo- in a lot of respect. Everything. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You can you can get up any song you want on YouTube or, or Spotify, whatever you want to yeah. do. And um, But it's also the era of self-curation. And you can kind of go into a spiral of that because, you know, Spotify suggests you things it thinks you like. And sometimes you cannot get suggested things that, you know, you mightn't have heard before because of that kind of spiral. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the great things about listening to music is when somebody, like uh, Beatenberg, like I said, um, Idols, you introduced me to Idols. I was not listening to Idols mm. when that happened. So, you know, I was introduced to a band I probably wouldn't have heard because of my Spotify history. Probably wouldn't have thrown that up. But then when I learned it, I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah. On Idols, are you going to go to their gig? It's this month. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah. I, I'm so bad for this. So I was like, yes, I'm going to this gig. And then yeah. the gig comes around and I'm like, um... Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to stay at home and sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly I'm tired, but I really need to like force myself to like actually go to things a bit more than I do. Um, I feel like, yeah, the last thing I was at, was it your, (laughs) you did in February? Oh, oh, yeah. So the last birthday. The last actually thing I've actually gone to just from being busy and having so much to do. Well, you went to. Not forcing myself to just go and like listen to music. You're heading down to other voices though. 
Oh, I am. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. I can't yeah. wait. I love other voices. You were there last year as well. Yes. No, I wasn't last What's year. What's your year before? Year before. Year before. Yeah. Last year, I was making my way back home. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were in America. Sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, in America. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was like literally like a week or two before mm. we were coming back. So, mm. so you were going like, to immerse yourself in, 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 in other voices this year. I am. I can't yeah. wait. I love Dingle so much. Mm. Dingle's my favorite place ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just can't wait to be there and enjoy music. And Yeah. It's a cool, um, it's a cool festival. Um, yeah. I, I suppose you can call it a festival now. Um, it's a, it's a, such a great idea, and you know that kind of intimacy. I suppose it kind of plays into what I was talking about about landscapes and stuff like that. The west of Ireland is, is yeah, like a different country. Yeah. I have a friend. Um, she did photography for the Wild Atlantic Way, Lucy Foster, and um, she once she told me about like it's just you know, so easy to photo. Yeah, because yeah, it's so beautiful. Everywhere you, you point your it's camera, crazy. you know. And I'm not only, I can't take photos of landscapes to save my life for some reason. But um, I like looking at other people's really good photos <laughs> of landscapes. You know, uh, Brendan yeah. Canty, Feel Good Lost? Ah, mm. oh, man, that guy. Some of the photos he takes of like landscapes is like, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Like, um, he's a guy who really get, captures that kind of West. I think he's from Cork. Yeah. Um, that kind of West kind mm. of type thing. See, my thing is like, Big concrete buildings. You, yeah, you're really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> big concrete buildings. That's what I take photos of. Yeah. Landscapes, uh, yeah. I love looking at, I love being in beautiful landscapes. Yeah. But yeah, my skill is taking photos of um, mm. very sharp, mm. sharp uh, concrete buildings. Yeah, because like like Dublin is full of brutalist architecture, well, isn't it? Not as compared to many other places. Places, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, New York was exceptionally photogenic with the buildings yeah. and the stuff. London yeah. is really great for it as well. Mm. Dublin's okay. Mm. Paris Do- I find is I struggle with Dublin. Dublin. Yeah, Dublin, I suppose. I mean, one of the things when I came back from Paris in the summer was like, one of the b- big things I took away from the Seine and that area is like how much use they make of it. Like yeah. everything is something on the Seine. Yeah. Um, and when you kind of walk down the lift, you're like, oh, you know, there's so much potential to do other things. Yeah. There's, there are beautiful parts of it, but there are other parts like, oh, you know, I like I was talking to somebody like about like modern architecture in Dublin and like what really interesting buildings are like you might know more than I do like what are the really interesting buildings in Dublin at the moment probably down by the Grand Canal actually yeah but even they aren't really as interesting as mm. a lot of stuff yeah which is, I think it's mostly to do with our planning permission laws yeah they're very very tough yeah so like we have plenty of talented architects and yeah. plenty of talented designers. Sure. Problem is our laws, which are pretty crap. Yeah. Um. In in loads and loads and loads of different ways. Yeah. I mean, we need a complete reform of like our entire government, which is everything's messed up. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's mostly planning permission laws that are kind of not allowing us yeah. to build anything exciting. A new. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. really the problem. So I I don't really I can't think of anything that's mm. the most exciting thing for me in Dublin is Central Bank. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, That's of course. That was the most exciting yeah. one for me. That was an incredible engineering feat. But um, what do you think of them redoing it or whatever they're doing it to now? They're they're, uh, kind of they're not re- going to be. As far as I know, they're not actually changing any of the exterior. Oh, really? So they're just, just like interior. doing interiors. Oh, and cool. Cleaning up bits. Yeah. I, I I hope, and I think that is the case. Yeah. They're just like going to restructure it. But yeah. I think it'll be cool when it's like a public building you can walk into. Yeah. Uh, more so than when it was. Because it is an interesting bank. building. Yeah. But shout out to um, Owen Kenny from Melts. Mm. Who uh, runs his own Instagram uh, account called Brutalist Dublin or oh, Brutalist Ireland? That yeah, that's very that's cool. Owen from I enjoy it. Melt. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he he shows a lot loads of buildings where like, oh my god, I never looked at that yeah. and thought like, there's there's a shopping market in uh, Finsbury that's a Brutalist building. Oh yeah, there is. I always I pa- I passed it by a couple of times. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's very like, huh? It's isn't it? It's you know looking like, oh yeah, you know. That's very weird. Kind of it just feels like you're 
back in like <laughs> it's like you're in like 80s germany yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit I, i'm i'm threatening to go to berlin soon i'm uh, going to berlin soon so. oh are you very nice <laughs> when are you going to berlin oh you have friends in berlin i do have friends actually cool. that was the one line in one of the songs twin peaks yeah. And they say all my friends are in Berlin now. Yeah. Like, Hard relate. <laughs> all my friends are in Berlin now. Everyone's emigrated. Yeah. Um but yeah. I'd love to go see bits of the I'm fascinated by like the Berlin Wall and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. just the arch the kind of the feeling of cities like that. Like Paris had a very specific feeling. Yeah. It it, it did feel kind of not old, but kind of it feel very alien to Dublin, which yeah. I, I I quite liked about it. I fell yeah. in love with Paris. So I I want to travel more and see places and Berlin, obviously, with its history of music and yep. David Bowie and Hans's studios. And well, flights are cheap. Accommodation isn't bad either. So That's it. I mean, yeah. Berlin's so a very affordable place to go to. Yeah. But you're, yeah, you're right. Your Instagram account is, your, your, your photos are more like buildings yeah. and very interesting photos of of them. Because like, I would just take a photo <laughs> of a building, but you're more, you, you're oh, somebody you. who can find actual I, angles. I, I try. Yeah. I try really hard. Yeah. Again, immerse yourself in that. That's it for this week. Um, as I said, the song at the beginning and the end is Beatenberg's Ithaca. And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me too. When I